Go ahead, grab a seat. You know, Ryan, I'm generally on stage a lot longer than you are. And with Facebook these days, I'm sure I could find some pictures. So just when you least expect it. And if you didn't catch the Napoleon Dynamite reference that that picture was, it's probably time you watched that again. That's, that's for free. Um, but here we are, 2018. Who's ready for a new semester, a new year of Thrive? Are you guys ready for this tonight? Great. And uh, things have been exciting around here in more ways than one recently. Uh, I think most of you were at church this last weekend, but if you weren't here, uh, you might have heard that we made a little announcement over this weekend that we have uh, decided that it is time to plant another Compass Bible Church, and I will be leading that planting team to the Boise, Idaho area in 2019. So I think it provides an opportunity, even as we get started tonight, just to think about what that means for everybody in this room. I know there's a small number of people in this room, a handful that have talked to me, expressing interest in being a part of this team. And I, whenever I'm talking to somebody that's like, hey, yeah, I want to go on the, this team, be a part of this new church, one of the first things I'm usually saying is, you realize that being a part of a church planning team is like a lot of work, Right? Uh, you don't think this is just going to be some fun, like, hey, this is cool. You, all these things that encompass are just here, are just nice, and they're all ready, and they're set up, and they're provided for you. Uh, like, we're doing all of that together as a team. You realize that's a ton of work, right? That's what I'm saying to the people that are thinking about coming. But I know most of you here, you're, you're planning on staying. But if you've been around, you see when we do these church plants, uh, it opens up some holes here at the proverbial mothership. It, there's people that are serving and doing important things here that are going to be gone in a year. And some of you, you've lived through that, especially here in Thrive, when Pastor Elliot left to plant Compass Tustin. There were groups without leaders. There were kids' ministry positions that had been faithfully fulfilled for years that were left. And new people needed to step up and fill those roles. And if our church is going to be a church that is committed to planting new churches, which is the eighth distinctive of our church, then that means that everybody at this church, not just the people that are going, but the people that are, are staying, we have to be committed. We have to be ready to work. We have to be ready to serve. We have to be the kind of people that God is going to use to build his church whether that's right here in Aliso Viejo, whether that's in the Boise, Idaho area, or whether that's at the ends of the earth. God is calling us to be a certain kind of people. And even this last weekend with the idea of thinking about King Jesus, like he rode into Jerusalem, uh, really announcing, asserting himself as the, the king. Well, as we wait for Jesus to come back again, and again, to put his feet on the Mount of Olives, he's called us to do work for the sake of his kingdom. And are you going to be the kind of person, and everybody here needs to ask this question, are you going to be the kind of person that God is going to use to advance his kingdom? Because I hope you realize that's the work that God has given us to do. He's commissioned all of us to be a part of his team, his body here on this earth, doing the work of making disciples that the church is supposed to do. And here we are at Compass Bible Church. 
And that's where I think it really intersects well with what Pastor Mike talked about this last weekend. And if you think about the, the points that Pastor Mike made, first was respect God's prophetic word. This was, don't write this down on your sheet, this was Pastor Mike's outline from the weekend, but he spent some time talking about this point. And obviously he was making the connection from right there in uh, Luke when Jesus is riding into town and saying, you know what? The Old Testament called this. It, it, it predicted this hundreds of years before Christ. But then he talked about well, what would it actually look like for us to respect God's prophetic word. And I know a lot of you that come here and you call Compass Bible Church your home, that's one thing you appreciate about this church. You appreciate that this is a place that respects God's word. But if we're really going to be a faithful Bible church, God's word has to be respected. God's word has to be honored, not just from podiums and pulpits like this, or when Pastor Mike is teaching, or when any of the other pastors are teaching. It has to be respected and honored in every single home that's represented in this room. And it has to then be respected and honored in every single life that is in this room. And that's what I want us to really think about tonight, to really expand on this first point and think about, are we respecting God's prophetic word, not just as a church, but a time to affirm our commitment as families and as individuals and also as a church to God's prophetic word. And as we think about that, I want you all to turn to one other verse in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And even as you turn there, the, the whole point of being able to look at New Testament passages, like the triumphal entry of Christ, and being able to look at Old Testament passages that predict that, it, the point of that is a lot more than just to be like, oh, cool, that's pretty neat. No, no, the point of that is just showing God wrote this. This is the word of God, and that calls for a response from us. And we see the response described here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 which says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I don't know what challenges you've got coming up in 2018. Maybe you've been spending some time thinking about those as the year's been getting started, but I think Joshua would take the cake. Uh, he was taking over leadership of the people uh, of Israel from Moses and was about to lead them to conquer the promised land. That's what he was looking forward to. You can probably imagine that kind of led to some fear and trepidation on, on his part. Some, him, some of him thinking, well, this is a big deal. How in the world am I going to do this? Well, God comes to him and strengthens him and says, hey, you want to be successful at what God is calling you to do? Then you better Never stop talking about God's word, never stop thinking about God's word, and never stop doing God's word. And those are the three things we're going to think about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the first thing he says there, second, but I'm, I'm going to give you that first. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It's something that you should all be talking about, and one practical application of that for a group like this would be if you want to write down point number two first. We'll go a little bit out of order tonight. Uh, but you could write down, fill your home with God's word. 
fill your home with God's word, when you are talking about it. Well, that really brings us to the next thing that God says there. It shouldn't depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. I know most of you, most people in this room have kids. And if you're a part of a ministry like this, I'm assuming there's some level of desire that you want your house to be a place where uh, the Bible does have a prime role. But what you've got to understand is the Bible's never going to have a prime role in your house if it doesn't have a prime role in your heart. If it's not something that's filling your life and your mind. So let's come back to point number one and let's talk about that first. Fill your mind with God's word. Before you can fill your house with it, before you can be talking about it all the time, you need to be thinking about it all the time. You want God's word to fill your home, it has to start with you. Consistent, steady Bible intake simply must be a part of your life. If we're going to say this is a real book that God himself put together, that this is the word of God, we must respond by committing to read it. I remember back in 2009, I was looking at getting a job here, and so I finally had my interview with Pastor Mike. Now, I don't know if you want to imagine yourself having to go sit in Pastor Mike's office with him to interview for a job, but, you know, it was a, especially for a college student at the time, it was a slightly intimidating experience. And he's asking me questions, and one of the questions that he asked me was, Let's say our high school group was meeting, you know, was meeting here tonight. And I said, you know what? Bobby can't preach. You're preaching. What would you preach on? If you had to preach tonight to our high school group, they were all coming together, what would you talk to them about? And I remember I said, said I would probably preach on the text that's the second question on the, the, that you were supposed to answer for your homework this week, Psalm 19. I'd like you all to turn to Psalm 19. Because I told him what I would want to preach to this group about is I would want to preach to them about God's word. And I would want to help these people understand that God's word is not some chore that they have to do. But this is some precious gift that God has given. That, that being consistently in God's word is not just something on the to-do list. It is a gift. It is a precious thing that God has given to us. Look at how it describes the word of God. Psalm 19, starting in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. David is saying God's word is better than the most valuable thing I can think of, gold, or the sweetest thing I can think of, honey. And moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. David describes God's word as a treasure is the most valuable thing. And even as your pastor, if I could choose one thing for everybody in this room, the first and foremost thing would be that everybody here would know what it is to have genuine saving faith and repentance in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. 
Everyone needs to understand and respond to the biblical gospel. But if I could get two things, one thing after that, it would be that everybody in this room would be consistently in this book. That would be the most important thing that I could wish for. And one thing as a pastor that constantly alarms me is how often it is that people aren't, aren't doing that. Even just this last Sunday night, I was filling in for one of the small group leaders at our young adults ministry here who wasn't here, and I was sitting there with five guys, and one of the questions we were talking about, you know, what reading the Bible had looked like for them in 2018, and here we were on January 7th, and three out of the five guys said, yeah, I haven't read the Bible yet this year. And it's saddening to me how common situations like that are in the church as I counsel people or as I interact with small groups of people. And I don't know what the percentage is here of people that are consistently in the Word, but there is not really anything more important than this. And some people might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really, really busy. And hopefully we can see past that and realize when we say that we're really busy, we're too busy to do something, what we're really saying is it's not that big of a priority for me. Because everybody in this room, we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. We're all choosing what we need to do with it. And if we're not doing something, we're saying is that's not important enough to me to get some time in my 24 hours of the day. But think about how he ends here in verse 10. This, this whole speech that he's been just going off on, on the word of God, saying it's, it's better than gold. It's sweeter than honey. He's trying to say, the Bible is not a, hey, you got to do this. It's a, you get to do this. God has spoken to you. He's given you direction. He's given you encouragement. He's given you help in your spiritual life. Take advantage of it. You've got to be in the word. And for all of us, even if you're saying, yeah, I'm consistently doing that, even think of the language used there in Joshua 1.8, you shall meditate on it day and night. Is that where we all are? Not just, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm spending some time in the Word every day and kind of checking that off, but no, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm chewing on it all the time. Such a fundamental aspect for our Christian life. And, and sure, yes, some of you need to be realistic. Some of you, hey, I, this is all the time that I've got. Okay, use that. You, you women in this ministry that just have a newborn baby and you're like, well, I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning and still have two-hour quiet times. You know, maybe have some realistic goals for yourself in certain seasons of life. But may it never get to a point in our life where our Bible intake just disappears. I would hope that we would get to a point where that becomes unthinkable to us. Even the thought of, whoa, going, these people went a whole week without reading their Bible? Like, not like, oh, no, they, that's naughty. More just of a, how did they survive? Like, I can't possibly imagine doing that to myself. They realize when we miss out on God's word, we're the ones that suffer for it. We're the ones that are missing out when we miss out on God's word. If you want to have a home that is filled with God's word, it has to start with you. But then hopefully it extends beyond that. Now we can get to point number two. Now fill your home with it. You should meditate on it day of night, but then this book of the law, it shouldn't depart from your mouth. And obviously I'm talking to many of you in the room that have children, that you should make the Bible something that is central in their own lives. And I want you to think of the incredible opportunity 
Uh, and the incredible blessing and, and the gift that you could give to your children by helping them grow up understanding and knowing God's word. There's like no greater gift that you could give your kids. If I announced tonight that there was a program to take care of your college, your kids' college education, you'd probably be interested. And many of you in this room, you're making plans. You're strategizing how you can afford to help your kids in this world financially. But I told you, hey, there was a program, and if you sign up and you work on this project for 15 minutes every day, and you faithfully do that, when your kid turns 18, they will be given acceptance and a free ride to any college or university of their choosing. If that was a real opportunity, you'd be falling over yourselves to sign up for it. Even if you had, you know, four kids, you'd say, I'll do, I'll do an hour a day. I'll do whatever it takes to give them that incredible opportunity. But here's the thing. In God's word, you're giving them a treasure that's greater than anything else you could give them in this world. There, there is more wisdom in this book than there is at any university in this world. And you want to make sure that your kids leave your house with a good understanding and a good background in God's word. It's better than gold. It's sweeter than honey. And unfortunately, kids growing up without understanding today is a very rare thing. But that's a gift that you could give your children. And it doesn't need to be something that's super complicated, even just as simple as you being faithful to spend time reading God's word with them on a daily basis. Even now, if you have young kids getting a picture Bible and spending some time before they go to bed reading through Bible stories and getting them acquainted with that. Spending time in helping them get plugged in at the church. And again, if you're in this room, you're hopefully doing that. A lot of your kids are being taught the Bible right now. And as you think about you raising your kids with an understanding of the Bible and the church doing that, it's a both and. It's not a either or. It shouldn't be, well, the church is teaching them the Bible. I'm just dropping them off here. No, you should be doing that at home too. Let's team up together in this process. But another thing that hopefully you'll do, another gift you'll give your children is teach them as soon as they're old enough and able to read the Bible on their own. That's something that hopefully they will see you model and have you encourage them to do. That it was 20 years ago this month that God saved me. And I remember one of the things shortly after that that I started doing was every single day I started spending some time reading the Bible. And why was I doing that? Well, for one thing, it was something that I had seen my parents do my whole life. It was something that nobody had to tell me. I knew that's what Christians do. Because the two Christians that I had the most front row seat for, that's what they were doing. Remember my mom, every, you know, once the kind of breakfast was done, everything over, she would always go sit in a room and start doing her quiet time in God's word. And if your kids see you doing that and you encourage your kids to do that, then what a precious gift you're going to give them. Fill your home with God's word. But there's one other step that we need to take. Your kids, they have two ears. So if you're talking to them about God's word, they're, they're going to hear it and they're going to learn things. But here's the thing, they also have two eyes, which means they're watching everything that you do. And saying, yeah, Jesus is the king is not enough. Talking about the Bible is not enough if your life is not backing up that claim. 
So our final point tonight, you need to fill your life with obedience. Fill your life with obedience. It's unfortunate that many parents who talk a lot about the Bible are actually doing a disservice to their kids because they're not giving their kids this close-up, front-row seat to look at what real Christianity looks like. They're giving their kids a front-row seat to hypocrisy. Where mom and dad talk about the Bible, mom and dad go to church and put on a good face for everybody, but at home, that's not what's going on. Yeah, we'll say King Jesus is the king, but you're not living like Jesus is the king at home. I remember that was one of the biggest impacts on me when my dad got up in the pulpit to preach God's word as a pastor. When he came home, he lived exactly what, well, not perfectly, but the direction of his life was what he was saying. And is that what you're doing for your kids? Even just one thing, how, how big of a priority is church to your family? Do your kids get the impression, ah, this is some optional thing we do when we have time, when it fits our schedule? What about conflict resolution? Are your kids getting a front row seat to see, hey, when there's conflict, this is the way you work through it biblically? Or are they seeing, oh, that's how you push somebody's buttons. That's how you shout at somebody. Oh, that's what it looks like to be bitter and angry. What are they seeing? I bet one of the first things you teach your kids is no whining. Anybody find themselves saying that a lot to their kids? Well, what are they seeing when they look at mom and dad? Are they seeing you ever complain or whine? Hopefully it sounds different than a two-year-old does or a young child does, but we have our own adult ways to basically do the same thing. What are your kids observing you? Do you show that Jesus is the king with how you live your life? It's not about the face you can put on at church. It's not about talking the talk with your small group. It's about living it out and Option, exhibit A of doing that should be at home. That your kids should be able to grow up and see that. And one of the biggest lessons I've had working at church, and especially spending a lot of your working with young people, a lot of years working with young people at church, is seeing how this affects them. And you start to counsel a young person who's having problems, and then they start talking about things at home. And you realize, hey, mom and dad, they might be here at church putting on a good face for everybody, but that's not really how things are going. And the people that pay... Sometimes the steepest price for that are these young people. They're the ones that are confused about their faith because they see their parents say one thing and live out another. We want to be a church that respects God's prophetic word. We want that to happen from the platform and as it's taught. We want that to happen in everybody's life and everybody's home for everybody to see that we really mean that. And as we start a new year, I hope it's a good time for us to affirm that commitment. Whether it's personally of getting in the word ourselves, whether that's spending time talking about it with our kids or making sure that we are living it out and showing it in our relationships, even with those closest to us. Let let me pray. God, we thank you for the treasure of your word, God, and we stand amazed at your word. God, this is not a clever book written by men. It's not a, a nice book with good morals and nice poetry and positive thinking. This is the word of God, the creator, put down his will, put down his thoughts, put down his directions on paper. And he has even preserved it for us now for thousands of years. 
Even so that today, God, we have incredible access to this amazing book that is your very words. God, we are amazed at that. And I pray that we would be a place that honors that. God, I pray that there'd be people here tonight that 2018 would be the year that they are consistently in your word. And God, that that would never, ever change. That people would get to a place where they would think of, how could I possibly go a stretch of days without being in the word? How would I survive without that? I need your word. I need its encouragement. I need its direction. God, may that be how we think. And God, may the homes, as we think about all the, even hearing the voices of the kids in the hallways and in the, out in the parking lot, God, may these kids grow up in homes where the word of God is central. May they see their parents reading the word. May they see their parents teaching them the word. And may they especially, God, see their parents living that out. And God, we know that none of us are perfect, but God, may we be faithful and may we trust in you and follow what you say. God, do a great work. Let this ministry be a place that is full of people that are ready to do your work, whether that's here, whether that's going on a church planning team, wherever that might be. God, make us committed to your mission and God, may we be committed to your word. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right.